Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not flying, I'm falling with red light! Green light! I'm here, Alex. <laughs> this, this week, we're, we're talking about Mission Impossible. Yes. Mission Impossible <laughs> numero uno, directed by Brian De Palma from 1996. Um, we've hit a weird, we've like hit a weird some, place, audience. We've hit a weird place. For the longest time, just to give everyone context, I had to fight to have us review this franchise because yeah. Tyler here absolutely despises Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. And I thought he didn't like this one very much, or was more ambivalent about it, so we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> Anyways, this movie has a 64% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and a 71% audience score. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about Mission Impossible? Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God there are only two of those movies. <laughs> That's we, we, it's the, the, the internet joke of, of... No, there's not. There's three of them because Clash of the Titans is a remake. Oh. Well, that works. That works too. I was gonna go for the joke of you, you add in. What am I thinking? You add in "Remember the Titans" as well, <laughs> and then you, you got yourself a trilogy. But I, that oh, works too. Um, <laughs> we can talk about. Also, did you like this movie? Uh, yeah, I guess it's fine. Okay. I feel like we've been too upfront about our opinions recently. We need to bury the lead a little, you know. See, the problem is after on the, the last Jedi, where where I had to 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 keep myself from saying how you felt about it uh-huh. for for several episodes which turned out to be going yeah it's pretty good <laughs> except for me where i'm like it's fine it's kind of stupid no, no, no you, you were saying that you were hiding how i felt about it which turned out to oh, be yeah. extremely anticlimactic um yeah so mission impossible <laughs> so my I think my best thing about this is probably Tom Cruise. Not necessarily Interesting. His, his not even not even like his performance because it's not like it's a you know an Oscar worthy performance. I mean the the writing's not really there for him to do that, but he he does a really good job of of creating this character and and I don't know. I mean I I I think it's a very good physical performance. I'll put it that way, and I think I think overall he he really sells the character. Um, he really becomes Ethan Hunt in a way that you don't yeah. think of. Oh, that's Tom Cruise. I mean, you do because it's Tom Cruise, but like, yeah, he actually crafts a new character out of this, and it's 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 really nice. It's it's uh, it's something that I feel like Tom Cruise is a weird actor. Is this the first time we've he's, talked about Tom? He's Cruise? just a weird fellow. Is this the first time we've talked about Tom Cruise on this podcast? It's the first time we've directly addressed yes, a movie. like a franchise of his because that's what we're reviewing. I'm sure we've mentioned him before. Well, yeah, yeah, but in a, in a franchise. Um, like bringing him up on purpose because that's the subject of the podcast. Yes, yeah. this is the first time. Yeah, which is, he's an, he's an interesting actor. Like, he, he is a genuinely good actor, but yes. he's just, he's such, he's so Tom Cruise at yes. this point that it's so hard not to think of Tom Cruise when you see Tom Cruise. You have to use him in the right way. Yeah. And most, of the, very... time, most of the time he is used in the right way, I would argue. I mean, he, he yeah. chooses pretty good projects. Uh, yeah. 
Well, the weird thing is, like, when you think of Tom Cruise outside of Mission Possible, you don't think of him as a franchise actor. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting for this podcast. Except until recently where he's tried to do a bunch of franchises. Mm -hmm. Like, he's he's working on sequels to, like, Top Gun and Edge of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, He he had the last Jack Reacher movie was, like, a year or two ago. Um, And, of course, The Mummy. Like, he tried to spearhead that, of course. But it's just interesting how before that, really, it was just Mission Impossible. That was the only Mm -hmm. franchise he's been a part of. It almost makes... And even still, it's the only one that's worked. Yeah, and it almost makes you wonder if he's, like, trying to to build a, a legacy off of that, like, kind of in the same vein as Robert Downey Jr. Or something along those lines. Um, just because... I feel like a, I feel like when you think of like what are what are Tom Cruise Tom Cruise's most popular movies? Like what are the movies that everyone when you think Tom when you say Tom Cruise what does everyone think? Because I feel like most people don't really think of a movie right away. They think of just when they think of Tom Cruise they think of him the personality uh, yeah. Scientology maybe throw in there. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind Which, of it's it's funny how we've we've all realized slowly over the course of the past like twenty years that he's actually a crazy man. Yeah. I think that actually helps his performance yeah. in this because I buy him as being a paranoid crazy man, yeah. which is what he is in this movie. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, that bit where um, he sees uh, Phelps like in the room and he's bleeding. He's like, why didn't you help me on the bridge, Ethan? Why didn't you help me? And it slowly fades and it's actually Claire there and he, he freaks out and he aims the gun at her. I'm like, I bet Tom Cruise does that every other night. Real Tom Cruise would have shot her. <laughs> yeah um it's interesting and i don't know, like what uh, i i feel like he hasn't what has he done that's been like a major movie outside of these movies recently like i i there's like edge of tomorrow was 20 well, well the problem is he used to be like a big box office star and that exactly really faded after the the katie holmes jumping on the couch scientology stuff yeah like that really hurt his career, hmm. and uh, we'll I'll talk about that as we proceed with this franchise because Mission Impossible Three actually didn't do very well because of that, hmm. and Mission Impossible Four was almost going to serve as a soft reboot where they were going to give the reins over to Jeremy Renner because they were unsure about Tom Cruise being able to carry it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I really it, it's because he he started with this franchise so early yeah. before yeah. everyone was like, oh, he's crazy. I don't want to see him in a movie. Um, hmm. My favorite role of his is still Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that movie was kind of a bounce back for uh, multiple people there, wasn't it? Yeah. Because that was the beginning of the, the McConaissance with Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Huh. And then that helped... That that and Iron Man yep. and Zodiac. Two thousand eight was was Robert Downey Jr.'s year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, and then Ben Stiller was like, "I directed the movie. <laughs> Give me some credit." Ben Stiller's like, "I'm still here. I'm Twig Man. <laughs> I'm three thousand years old. I'll be here in another three thousand. But yeah, Tom Cruise is a very, very interesting fellow. I'm, I'm bypassing all of this. Um, well, it's just funny because my favorite Tom Cruise movie is Vanilla Sky, and, mm-hmm. and nobody likes that movie outside of me. So, no, it's a good movie. Um, 
the if you ever this is we're I feel like we're just gonna get derailed a lot by this this franchise is so much more I almost want to say casual. Than, oh yeah, than, it's definitely definitely casual. Then like your typical, which is a fast. Why it's fascinating that it works so well. I mean, I guess you you'd kind of put it on the same line as the Fast and Furious, where it's yeah. it's each installment is not like oh we're building on this story or anything like that, which isn't really except for maybe five to six. Yeah, I feel like most, if not all, of the other franchises we do try to at least claim that they're doing something like that. That yeah. they're trying to be like, oh, we're 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 building the universe, you know, we're we're we've got an ongoing epic. Um, this is this is yeah. a lot more. Yeah, I mean, definitely the last few, and we'll we'll get there, of course. But the to begin with, this franchise, you know, has always been very. Yeah, we're just gonna kind of make a movie of it, and you'll you'll we'll we'll put that in the public consciousness. People will remember it, and we're gonna pop out another one. A few years later, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Well, it's just um, interesting because Tom Cruise's approach was like, "I'm gonna get a really interesting auteur director to do each mm-hmm. movie. That way, each one has a very distinct feel." Yeah. So he goes for that more so than having like a very cohesive universe. Yeah. And then I guess, which is until like halfway through when he well, realized, "Oh yeah, people like cohesive well, universes and continuity." Is, was it that or was it? And me not doing crazy kung exactly. fu on a motorcycle. Well, I was going to say, is it that or is it people or Tom Cruise going like, oh, God, I've got to save this franchise from my own insanity. How do I Mission Impossible I 2 out? was one of the top box office grossing movies of its year. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying after the um, the the everything we were just talking about where, where oh, yeah, people yeah. kind of turned on him. He was like, oh, God, yeah. I've, got to, I've got to turn this around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fascinating, fascinating stuff to think about in general with him. Um, but yeah, he's my best thing about this movie. I'd say. Uh, I think I think he's just very interesting to watch. He, he. I feel like Tom Cruise's physical acting is second to none. I I think that's that's a lot of why I appreciate him as an actor is that he he does a very good job of. It's almost sort of that what you were what you've. Uh, complained about with Benicio del Toro this is a weird connection to make but you've complained you've complained about the fact that you feel like Benicio del Toro often tries to like have one specific tick or gimmick yeah and that's his thing that what's he does. the weird quirk I can have to make my character memorable yeah. and then he just like grinds yeah. into that it's, it's it's almost similar to that where I feel like Tom Cruise he, he hits one thing and he's like I mean it's a, it's a lot more subtle in terms of, of the way he plays the character but he, he has like a certain way that he plays the character embodies that that idea or whatever he's trying to go for with his entire being and just does that and i don't know it's it's interesting to watch i mean it it, it and and well this this movie has depressingly little tom cruise running um yes i he runs a little bit in Prague when he's like oh god everybody's dying and when he's like gum blow up water i'm running <laughs> i suspect at least one of the sequels my best thing will be tom cruise running um there's a couple of just Incredible sequences. With That's going to be your running. favorite thing about three, isn't it? Very possible. Just that very long yes. tracking shot <laughs> yes. of him running. It's just, Where it's just like, it's... how is the camera keeping up with him? It's, it's like zoomed out, like all the way across the river, whatever it is. And it's just like, oh, yeah. okay, we're we're just doing this for a little while. It's incredible. It's... Guys, I can't stop my legs. They're running themselves. It's cinematic, uh, artisanal gold it's just it's just so good um but yeah i overall 
all seriousness, I think he's really good in this. I think he he just again not so much like there's not it's not like I can put him up to next to like Daniel Day Lewis or whatever and be like oh another Oscar worthy act, acting performance. But it's just I I don't know. There, there's something really yeah. mesmerizing about his performance in this. Well, it's just interesting because I, I one of my complaints about the movie is that Ethan Hunt doesn't really get enough yeah. character. But I totally agree with what you're saying about Tom Cruise's performance. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just funny going into the next one when it's like, oh, Ethan Hunt's just like a completely different person now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now he's just an adrenaline junkie. That's fine. So what's your worst thing? <laughs> Is your worst thing that we have to watch Mission Impossible 2 next week? I wish. Uh, my worst <laughs> thing is the helicopter sequence from the end of the movie. <laughs> it's so schlocky. It's bad. It's real bad. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll have, to, we'll have to spend some time. We'll have to build. Yeah. Because it, that the reason I... I it, it does not totally fit in the, this movie at all. Like, the rest of the movie not is, at all. is so, like, kind of gritty and restrained... And it's like, oh, they're really, you know, they, they, it, it, it just, you, you feel every, uh, every little, little piece of stress that's getting piled on these characters. Like, they're, yeah. it's just very, like, like it's down to earth. And the, of course, the, the famous, uh, I don't even know what you, how you describe that, but the, the dangling from the ceiling and, and that, yeah. the, the iconic Mission Impossible scene, uh, is, is so, like, when Shrek Carefully 2 crafted. rips off a moment from your movie, you know you've got a winner. <laughs> you hit the big leagues. Uh, yeah, and and then, like, we just get to the end, and it's just, like, it, it literally, we were, we were talking about this, it's, it's literally as if they realized, oh, crap, we have another $10 million to blow. Let's go crazy. <laughs> and, and GoldenEye came out last year, and people seem yeah. to like that movie, yeah. so we got to compete somehow. Yeah. Anyway, that's my worst thing. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll break it down further when we get there. Okay. My best thing is going to be the major set pieces not involving the mm-hmm. helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much like everything in Prague, that whole set piece of them going to the party and then each of his members, his team members slowly being murdered. Yeah. And he's just running around going, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Not like this. Uh, I love that. Everything at CIA headquarters, uh, it's really great. Um, and I even the train stuff, I love everything up to them jumping onto the helicopter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Red light, green light. <laughs> By the way, that's not an effective setup payoff. That's not like... that's. Him learning what the gum is mm-hmm. between him and Amelia West of us, that's not like a setup with Jim Phelps's character. Mm-hmm. That's not, they, they don't have some witty dialogue trading back and forth, and, and then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, Ethan gotcha. He gotcha there, <laughs> buddy, with the gum. You remember the gum? I almost it, wish that it's, I wish there was the, the scene was shot in such a way that when you, you when he's handed the gum in the back, you just see. Jim just looking looking over a shelf, just like staring at them. <laughs> yeah. What's I almost feel like it would have been better if it's just like Jim Phelps is chewing gum the whole movie, and then at the end <laughs> Ethan tricks him into chewing the gum. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been wonderful. Stupid, go full stupid. <laughs> oh, 
now I want that. <laughs> John Voight's just chewing the gum, and then Ethan just smiles and he goes, Red light. And then he starts running away, Green light! And then you see a huge explosion in the background. You know, I, I mentioned that it was... Well, never mind. Never mind. That's a, that's a point. You haven't finished your stuff, so I'll, I'll let you finish. Um, but anyways, I think all, all the set pieces minus the helicopter are, like, very well planned. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. They kept me engaged the whole time. Mm-hmm. And specifically for, like, a spy thriller, I feel like that's that's kind of... That's, that's what your you're here butter. for. That's, that's what you gotta get right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the movie, for the most part, really gets that stuff right. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not quite sure what my worst thing is now that I'm thinking about it. There's there's a couple of things that bother me about the story. Um, I feel like there's a... Maybe it's just the editing in general. I feel like the editing is odd. <laughs> um, I'll give you an example. Uh, the scene where Jim Phelps is like, I'm alive, Ethan, and then we're going to sit across some, you know, the table drinking coffee, and I'm going to tell you what's going on. And, oh, it was Kittredge. Kittredge is the, is the one who's betrayed us. He's the mole or whatever. And then Ethan realizes somehow that Phelps actually killed everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know. Well, because he, he realizes that the, the Bible um, that was placed above, in, above the laptop... Like that, easy. but he realizes that earlier. Yeah, and so the idea is that I mean, and they they kind of play that where when he shows up again, there's like really intense music. Like it's it's very like horror esque. Like oh god, the bad guy found him, and then they kind of like fade it out real quick. And Tom Cruise is kind of playing it like, like through the I mean through the next conversation, it's very clear that he he understands. Like he, it's very clear, and this is this goes back to my why I like Tom Cruise's performance in this so much because. I think it makes it very obvious that he knows exactly what's going on, and he's—I—I I love that scene where he's piecing it together. He's because yeah. it's like he's just. Trying... Well, I, I like the bit where he's like, he's like, "Oh, somebody could have helped. There could have been yeah. an accomplice." And he, he pictures Claire, and he's like, "Oh, but he could have done it himself, or whatnot." Yeah, that, I like that. That That's whole a, thing where he's—he's well, but... he's thinking about or he—he's pretending like he's thinking about Kittredge, but he's actually thinking about Jim yeah. and how he did that. I think that's a very well done scene. Um, again largely because of his performance. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that's just supposed to be the idea, is that he finds the Bible, and that's really the moment when he's like... It's it's weirdly placed in the movie, because it's it's after he has like the falling out with Krieger, and yeah. he just finds it, and he doesn't tell anybody about it. Like, yeah. the idea is supposed to be that, oh, he's a spy, okay, he found this information, he's gonna, pres- he's gonna just keep this information in his head, and then he's gonna move on, and, and like, tuck that away because he's going to need it later uh, and he, he doesn't know who he can trust but it's yeah it's weird that he just like gets this information he seems looking at the bible and seeing the bible came from the hotel that Jim was yeah. saying that seems to tip him off but then yeah it just sort of we we put that away and for a little yeah. while and then conveniently Jim shows back up at that point it's kind of like eh. well mainly just yeah. I feel like it would be a lot more effective a reveal if at the end it was like, oh, Jim Phelps is actually a bad guy. Yeah. Meh. I don't know. It, it's, it seems weird that we were so far ahead of the villain in that respect. Hmm. And maybe it's because we need the extra bit of, oh, maybe Claire did it, and that, that's a twist. I well, mean, yeah, the, maybe, I mean, the bit was... Maybe, maybe on the train it would be too many twists yeah. if, you, if you had it yeah, like, oh, both of them are in cahoots. And I think it's really nice, the, the bit where he's impersonating Jim. Um... 
and I'm on the train, and then Claire yeah. shows up, and then he takes off the mask after Claire reveals that she's in on the plan. Well, I, I was thinking about it like you, you play that scene exactly the same, except you don't have Ethan like on screen coming to the realization that that um that Phelps is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have a Sherlock Holmes explanation of like, here's how I pieced everything together off screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not quite sure. You, you are talking me a little bit out of it as my worst thing. No. Um, I don't know what my worst thing is. Uh, I don't know. Keep talking. I'll come up with something. Well, but we're gonna we're gonna get past your worst thing if we do I, that. No, no. We'll, we'll keep talking, and then I'll come up with something. It's fine. I don't like it. Uh, should I say the special effects of the train scene? Yeah. <laughs> um, special effects in that scene are pretty bad. They are. Uh. Where, where do you want to start with this, then, if, if we're going to put a pin in your worst thing? Um, I found the opening scene very weird. Mm-hmm. Because the movie just kind of starts. Mm-hmm. There's no... Like, it's very simple and straightforward. There's nothing, like, super over-the-top about it. There's nothing really exciting uh-huh. about it. And then it just cuts to the Mission Impossible music, and it's like dun 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 dun, and I'm like, oh oh okay. I do think this is weird. I do think it's interesting that we see Jim getting the mission to begin with, um, and it kind of. Oh, I mean before that, I mean the bit where they're uh, Tom Cruise is the the Russian guy wearing a mask. Oh right, and I unconscious. That. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. I think that's a very weird opening, <laughs> considering it did not leave any sort of impact on me. You're probably right. Yeah, and and like. Emilio Estevez is just sitting there like, come on, we need the information. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. I mean, I, Emilio Estevez, I know who you are. <laughs> you're you're the star of my favorite cinematic trilogy, the Mighty Ducks movies, but still. I don't know, it just, it seemed like a very weird opening scene for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mainly down to just that transition between that scene and then the the expl- you know the the wire setting on fire and you got the yeah. bombastic yeah. Danny Elfman score and it's like Mission Impossible yeah like oh okay I de- I feel like we're dealing with two kinds of <laughs> movies here and they don't go together very well <laughs> and and that that's I think that speaks to how we feel about the ending where. I think that might be what I, I'm I'm going to say is my worst thing. And I, I think that's overall going to be the the weird lack of a balance between the absurd, mm-hmm. the over-the-top spy stuff, and then the more subdued, grounded thriller stuff. Because mm-hmm. when it, this movie's just a, a straight, you know, a very grounded spy thriller, it's very, very good. And when it's an over-the-top spy movie, it's like, oh... Guys, Roger Moore Bond beat you to this yeah, 15 yeah. years ago. You can tell it's out of its element. Not 15 years. Yep. Yeah, 15 years. Never mind. I'm good. I'm right on the money. Proud of you. Whenever you gonna... watch some of those Roger Moore Bond movies. I literally Not even for the not even for the podcast. Not even for the for the podcast. You've you haven't watched any of the Roger Moore Bond movies. I don't know if you'd like them. That's or not. right. Over the top schlock. <laughs> Like, like the stereotype of, of Bond, like, having these terrible puns after, like, every action sequence, mm-hmm. they come from him. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't only come from him, but he really mm-hmm. amplifies them. It's delightful. 
and everyone knows his name for some reason. <laughs> it's very odd. He's you're, he's like a superhero. You're not particularly selling me on this. They're terrible, and it's <laughs> great. <laughs> I remain unconvinced. <laughs> um. Well, I don't know if you know this because you had brought up the the opening with Jim Phelps getting the message on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that that sort of bookend with him yeah. and then Ethan at the end. Um, but Jim Phelps was originally the main character in the Mission hmm. Impossible series. I did not know that. Actually. Ethan Ethan Hunt is not a character in that show. Right. Apparently, I don't know a whole lot about the show. I've never watched it. All I know is Jim Phelps is there, and the Syndicate are like the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because they don't actually show up in, in this series until the fifth movie. Right. Um, hmm. So I, I I do have to ask the question, because killing off the whole team within like the first 40 minutes of the movie, that feels like something you would do like three movies into a series. So I'm wondering if this feel if this is supposed to feel like a semi-sequel to the TV show. Where it's hmm. like, oh, everyone knows the team dynamic. Everyone's seen that show. Everybody, you know. But if they're not everybody... the same characters. Well, I don't know if Jim Phelps is supposed to be the same guy. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how any of that works. I plead ignorance here. I but have no I, idea. I just thought that would be interesting to bring up. I don't know. That's a good question. I'll see if I can find anything on it. Um but, but, it, but it does feel weird. I, we do get enough time for them to have a little banter back and forth for me to be like, okay, they're they're like a decent team or whatever. Um, maybe that's my problem with that opening scene. With them trying to get the information out of the Russian guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't utilize their teamwork at all. Yeah. It's just kind of Emilio Estevez is watching stuff on a monitor and then Tom Cruise is interrogating the guy. And then Claire's just unconscious on the bed. Like, yeah. it, it, there's not any teamwork involved. I don't know. Meh. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't have <laughs> strong feelings about it, necessarily. But Every opinion I have on this movie equals a solid non-opinion from Tyler. <laughs> I agree. Are, are, you, are you looking up stuff I'm, on the I'm TV show now? I'm trying to see if there's any... I don't... I don't know. I know a lot of people were upset around the time that this came out because Jim Phelps ended up being the bad guy in this, and he's, right. like, the main hero. Right. Um, see, kids, it's not only Ryan Johnson that subverts your expectations and ruins your childhood. <laughs> Brian De Palma can do it, too. Perfect. Also interesting that one of the... I, I don't know if he's the sole writer, but he's one of the writers, anyway. Uh, David Kep. Mm-hmm. who wrote both Jurassic Park um, and the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Which I find interesting because one of our complaints about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie was that it was very cookie-cutter. And for the most part, this movie didn't feel very cookie-cutter to me. Maybe yeah. in terms of the character stuff, but not really plot-wise. I would agree. I, I think it's... Um... It, it mixes the formula a little bit. I mean, it's 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 hard to predict. I'll say, yeah. Um, which is, I will say, partially because it kind of falls into uh, 
traditional spy problems of we're going to continue to just sort of bounce around the plot between different characters uh, and hope we kind of obfuscate the the overall larger picture enough that you don't point too many holes in it. Yeah. Um, as far as th- him like getting the the knock and like who Max is and how she's connected with Job and it, it's a little hazy. Um, and because of that, I, I, kinda... I think the the prog scene when you you try and think about it, where it's like so somehow Phelps knows that exactly what's yeah. going to happen because Krieger's there and he's going to try and get he's going to steal the knock list from this this guy who who was already planning on stealing the knock list mm-hmm. he's going to screw over his team but does does Phelps know that they have the other team watching them I don't know like how does that work it would seem not yeah although he fakes his own death he fakes his own death. So I I don't know. Maybe he he suspects that they have eyes on him, so he tries to it put the blame on It seems like Ethan? something where it's like these spies are way too smart and they thought ahead of it way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um it kind of there's a moment in Mission Impossible 5 and I I know I'm speaking way ahead of ourselves, but I'm going to go to the furthest extreme where um they confront Solomon Lang or Lane. Uh, uh spoilers for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. <laughs> Um and, and uh, uh, Solomon Lane's just like, hey, give me all the codes to get the money, or I'm gonna blow up Benji. And then Ethan's like, I've memorized every single code to get the money because I'm a crazy man. Yeah. So you can risk it and kill Benji, but you ain't gonna get the money because it's all in my head because I deleted all the information because I'm a crazy man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. All right, Ethan, I buy that you're crazy enough at this point that you probably did <laughs> remember all of them, but you probably didn't. <laughs> Is the point at that that he actually did memorize them or just that he's bluffing? No, no, okay. it's, it, it has to be that he's bluffing. But at that point, they've pushed Ethan being so crazy yeah. and thinking so far ahead of everyone yeah. and being so superhuman at that point. I'm like, this movie... Could it almost get away with that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The, the, these movies... This is a very strange franchise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. This is not a good position to be in with the first movie. Usually we don't no? hit this till at least movie four, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. We pick up in movie four... <laughs> Movie three to four, oh, we pick up. To to your point about them killing the team off, this is a case yeah. where I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, and and it's interesting actually that we're talking about this now because we just two weeks ago talked about Deadpool two, where spoilers for Deadpool two, uh, they kill off uh, Deadpool's entire X Force team. Uh, like, it's not. The problem, and, and I guess I'll get just get into why I don't, I really don't like that scene in Deadpool 2. I think it causes a lot of problems with the movie itself, uh, as yeah. funny as it may be. While this scene, I think, is super effective, because A, it's really early on. We, we've gotten just enough to, like, be like, all right, we like these characters. Um, yeah. We didn't get, like, scenes introducing them. They're just there. We know the dynamic. We get a little little bits and pieces from each character. We get into Hasta lasagna. Don't get anything on you. 
Yep, yep. That might be the worst why is it, line of dialogue I've ever why heard. Why isn't in my life. that what he says to Jim at the end? Lasagna, <laughs> <laughs> don't get. It. God. Uh, yeah. Hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. And Krieger's like, what? <laughs> and then he misses. He misses the gun. It just blows up the tunnel. No, the ironic part is the gum's not sticky. <laughs> Emilio Estevez got it to set to explode. He just forgot the gum is sticky. It just bounces. And <laughs> blows up the train. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get just enough. Then we, we kill off all this the entire team. It's a really effective, really quick sequence that immediately establishes the stakes. It establishes the emotional stakes for, for Tom Tom Cruise's character and the fact that he is pretty pretty freaked out right now and he, he doesn't know who yeah. to trust. Um and generally it makes it makes Ethan it look Ethan look very guilty. And so it, it's it's a it's a nice setup and it, it's the catalyst for the entire movie as opposed to a one off little scene. Um, and of course, these are two very different movies, and I only need to compare them so much. But I did want to bring up the fact why I do think it does work here. And after spending so much time talking about why I don't think it works in Deadpool two, um, point is, I'm really okay with it. I I think overall, you're just upset that Brian Johnson didn't direct it. That's right. Just like I was with Deadpool two. <laughs> Because that's how binary these things are. <laughs> Either you hate The Last Jedi, or you Either want... Either you no, die no, 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 no. a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself direct The Last Jedi. <laughs> I think it's just direct a Star Wars movie at this point. Oh my uh, god. Either you hate The Last Jedi, or you want to see Ryan Johnson direct every movie ever. That's 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 how you have to feel. They'd all be interesting. <laughs> It's gonna be a, okay it's, gonna with be a, that. it's gonna be a no from me. Um, <laughs> the yeah. Um, can I can I get a Looper Two Electric Boogaloo? I'm okay with that. This time we get we'll get Joseph Gordon Levitt, but this time the older version will be Tom Cruise. Can we see? I'm bringing it back around, and we'll put weird makeup <laughs> on Joseph Gordon Levitt to make him look <laughs> like Tom Cruise. <laughs> can we can we do a a Ryan Johnson trilogy that consists of uh, the Fly from Breaking Bad, Ozymandias from Breaking Bad, and Looper, and that's that's <laughs> those are our three episodes we do for him. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> By the way, if you don't like the episode from Breaking Bad, uh, the Fly episode, like what's wrong with you? <laughs> episode's amazing. I don't understand why people are like this is a dumb episode. It's it's character building. Mm-hmm. That whole episode is character building. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Um, yeah, I. We have gone. Hated it when 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 Jesse killed the fly and he went rebel scum. <laughs> no, you mean you mean when when Walt stops Jesse from killing the Scott the fly and says. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, that's not how. That's not how we're gonna make the meth. We're gonna. We're gonna say. Uh, that's that's not, how we're gonna win. Not by by killing what we hate, by, but by saving what we love. And then he kisses Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just eats a bag of meth whole. <laughs> <And> just, <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I'm Ryan Johnson. You you don't deserve okay. what you've gotten. <laughs> you've done the with regards to that scene. I think he kind of does. <laughs> that scene's pretty terrible. Yeah. Meh. Did this turn into a softcore review of the Last Jedi <laughs> again? Again, I feel like we've already reviewed this movie fifty times. <laughs> I don't even like it. Like, I don't even care about talking about it oh, that much. Oh, Tyler said he didn't like it. We <laughs> haven't confirmed. Tyler did not like the Last Jedi. We spent so long being like, "Oh, we're going to talk about the Last Jedi," that I got to the point where I was like, "I don't want to talk about this movie." And then we did it, and I was like, "It's done. I can stop talking about this movie." And then I just keep and then I keep talking about up. the movie, and I don't know why. It's fine. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting film. It is an interesting film. You know what's apparently bad. It's an not interesting an interesting film? film? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible? <laughs> well, just because it's a very straightforward standard thriller. Like, it's it's fine. There's not a lot of meat to it. No, because it's very plot-driven. Mm-hmm. It's very plot-driven. There's not a whole lot of character to it. Yeah, it's... So that's our review of Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 so okay, okay. Let's let's break down or tr- try to talk about the 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 heist scene, the the big scene. Um, okay. A centerpiece of the movie. Okay. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, the the I mean it's it's just played very well. The suspense of is is great and just the increasing like. It does a very good job of the the add the little twists that continually make it think, oh, did, are they about to fail? And then finally they do fail by dropping the knife. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's just it's just. Well, I mean, really... they don't fail; they succeed. Right, but they they find out the, the idea was to get away without. Well, the best part is they use that as setup for later on. Yes. Because well, because uh, Ethan recognizes the knife mm-hmm. as the one that he pulled out of what's her face blonde lady from earlier Sarah Sarah Uh, that seemed like a very no no it wasn't the blonde lady was it no it was the black haired lady the blonde haired lady gets blown up I'm so sorry Hannah That felt very... I don't know how the the lady with the black hair was stupid enough to get that close to the gate for Krieger to stab her like that. Yeah, that's an odd... Again, odd editing thing of like... Yeah. Oh, I guess that happened off screen. Um, why? That's something you'd have to do off screen, because if you actually shot it, it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I, I... When when she first is, like, sitting there, I'm like, oh, he, he shot her. That's, 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 what, that's what happened. But then... Yeah, she's still got the knife in her. And also that's odd that, like, he has multiple knives that are the exact same, and he left one of them in her? I get two for one deal. <laughs> that's not even what, is, that's, what it sounds that's like. Not, Jean Reno, I, I'm assuming I'm, I'm saying that right. He's French. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got it perfectly. So I got it This is my French accent. <laughs> Oui, oui. <laughs> Bonjour. Would you like ketchup with those French fries? <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. I'd kill the man with a baguette. 
Alex, do we do we like Mission Impossible? Are we sure we do? I'm becoming less convinced just by trying to talk about it. Oh. Uh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I you didn't think I liked this movie very much because that was my understanding as well was that I was pretty ambivalent about it, and as I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a pretty cool movie. It's pretty well done." And then now we're trying to talk about it, and I can I can feel it slipping away, even though I literally <laughs> just watched it. Um, it it's I I think it just does not have. I think it's very X Men one for me. It's very. This feels like. The the bare bones outline uh, pitch for a new series or TV show or something like that where it's like all right here's here's the beats here's what's going to happen in each each installment. Um, it's like a pilot. Yeah, exactly. It's it's here here's the the establishment of the the status quo. And that's how that, things are going to work. Um, but it's not really the status quo because his team gets killed off. Yeah, but it's right at the beginning. And then the status quo... No, no, well, no, 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 hear me fair, out, hear me every out. movie has him going rogue, exactly. so never mind. That's exactly that is the, the status st- quo. The status quo is Ethan Hunt goes rogue. It's not a, te- it's not a team. Hoisted by my own petard. Franchise. It's, it's just... It's, it's, a, it's an Ethan Hunt going rogue franchise. Oh, God. And that's the problem. Every movie from here on that has him going rogue does such a good job at doing it that I'm like... This... I can't hate the movie, even though they keep having him go rogue, and it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. The only one where they have him just go on a mission is the worst one. How many old Bond movies does Bond go rogue in? Not many. <clears throat> How many new Bond movies does Bond go rogue in? All of them. <laughs> We've talked about that already, um, but it's it bears repeating. Spy movies can't help but go rogue. It's the most interesting place to take a spy movie. Or the laziest. That too. It's the laziest way to make a spy movie interesting. I'll put it that way. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. License to Kill, the second Timothy Dalton movie, came out in 1989. Mm -hmm. A big selling point of that one was that he was going rogue. Okay. Over 25 years into the character's history, and they're finally like, he's going rogue! Isn't that amazing? I want a Bond movie, or just a general spy movie. I'm fine with either. I want a good where, Bond movie again. Sure, sure. Where, uh, whatever the spot, the character, whether it's Bond or someone else, the character keeps trying to go rogue, but the, the organization keeps going like, that was an excellent job stopping those criminals! <laughs> and, like, he's like, no! You don't understand! It wasn't me! And they're like, yeah, no, we totally get it! You're definitely... You, you saved the day! Awesome job! And he's like, well... But I... Y- y- you sure? It's not... You're not gonna question me over this at all? Like, I just murdered the the president of Russia? Like, I don't... What do you... And they're like, yeah, no, that sounds good! <laughs> you see, he was an alien... Yeah, no, we get it! Oh, he's... That sounds, oh, you're that still sounds going. good! You, you did a good okay. job! Medal of Honor. So back, to, so back to Mission Impossible. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think I like this movie very much. <laughs> One. I do think this movie has a lot of. Well, not a lot, but very key conveniences that kind of bother me. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing with somehow 
Ethan's able to figure out everything with Job and the Bible, which just happens to be sitting there and just happens to be from the hotel mm-hmm. that John Voight got it from. Well, that's like, an interesting that's... thing of, like... I don't know about that. Although I love the line of, of uh, whatever he says about the Gideons. Oh, yeah. They stamped it, didn't they? Those darn yeah, Gideons. Yeah. Um, I, but it, it's interesting because they set it up as, like, he pulls the Bible off the shelf, but it's it's sitting right there while he's trying to figure this out. So he pulls it off the yeah. shelf, and he's like, all right, I'm going to use this. And so it's like, oh, that's kind of convenient that he got the connection because the Bible was right there. And then later it's like, oh, well, John Voight's character had put the Bible right there because he was using it, so it kind of makes sense. But then it's also like, would he really have taken the Bible? Also, he wasn't posting verses. They specifically say that he didn't use Bible verses or quote Bible verses, so why does he need the Bible in the first place? Doesn't he just know that Job 3.15 is a thing? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It almost feels like they're trying to go for something there, like, thematically. Yeah. Do, do those quotes even mean anything? No, they do. They're, they're... With re- no, with the regards to this movie. Yeah, they're, 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 the way they play them out is like... <laughs> well, it's weird because it's... it's the The quotes are like about kingdoms falling and greed and that sort of thing. And so it's kind of like, oh, are we trying to say something or do something about how this is why he's going... He has motivations for going rogue because uh, he... Uh, John, John Voight's character, not Ethan Hunt, has motivations for going yeah. rogue because he wants to bring down the evil governments, uh, which is a theme we'll see later in these movies. And so it's... Well, that's, that's something that I found weird because he has that monologue when Ethan's yes. piecing it together... And he's like, well, I'm, you know, the Cold War's over. I'm just an obsolete machine or whatever. Or He doesn't say it specifically about yeah, himself. He's, I think he's, at, he's, he's trying to be like, oh, Kittredge, this is how he feels. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh, that's the bare minimum of characterization mm-hmm. we're going to get for, for Phelps here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how. Maybe a little bit more, fella? Yeah, yeah. It's odd. Yeah, everything with the Bible just felt... It, it seemed odd to me. It felt like, oh, we're being super clever with this. And I'm like, kind of? This just in, Alex hates the Bible. <laughs> oh! Oh! Well, Tyler likes The Last Jedi, so he's in a worse place than me. <laughs> <laughs> I may be going to hell, but at least I don't like The Last Jedi. <laughs> Uh, I will neither confirm <laughs> nor deny my hatred of the Bible at this point. I'm going to leave everyone in suspense. <laughs> Tyler's in, a hack. Until our review of the Bible. <laughs> no, no. Oh, we're going to just tack on Passion of the Christ at the end of this. <laughs> That's right. Also known as the New Testament. So, Tyler, how do you feel about Mel Gibson? <laughs> He seems like a lovely man that doesn't hate anyone, right? <sighs> we have fun here. <laughs> we have fun here sometimes. Um, what else do we want to say about this movie? How do you feel about Claire? I feel like the actress is not particularly good. And I, it seems that she is a foreign speaker? Is it that... That's the vibe I get. Yeah. But, um... I know she's been in a bunch of foreign films. That makes sense. And, and so it's kind of like, eh. I mean, she doesn't have, like, a huge role in the movie, but 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's just kind of strange because it's like by Bond movie standards, she's fine. Because the Bond girls and most of the the Bond movies are not very well fleshed out, mm. and they're mostly just there so Bond can make out with them. Right, right. Um, Which Ethan Hunt never does, so you know. Well, he does. Oh, does he make out with her? I thought. I thought. She, yeah. I may have just. Completely... Well, it kind of cuts, and it's like, did they sleep together? Well, she was kissing his hand. Did, did they? I, did I? And then it cuts. Okay. Well. <laughs> because Ethan, at that point, he's like, is she working for the bad guys? And it, and it like cuts. It's like, oh, is he having to sleep with her even though he might not want to? I don't know. Oh, that's that's dark. We've gone to a we've gone to a dark place. I mean, that's in the movie. But like, you need to watch the scene again, Tyler. I'm, I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> you just didn't get it, okay? You just didn't get that's it. Fair. <laughs> it's um, funny because we could be making fun of both the Last Jedi. And or Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Proverbial here come the sequels whipping boy. I'm looking for anything to get out of talking about this movie, okay? <laughs> Ethan Hunt did not shoot anyone right between the <laughs> eyes. That's all I'm that saying. That we know of. Emilio Estevez got stabbed in the face right between got, the got eyes. Got stabbed but... right between the eyes. <laughs> got to impale him on an elevator pole right between the eyes. Just like the comics. Anyone that reads the, reads the comics knows that I got Superman right. <laughs> By stabbing him right between the eyes of an elevator pole. By stabbing him right between the eyes. Uh... God. We have fun here. <laughs> I'm bringing you around. I'm bringing it back. Um, I'm just... How do you feel about Kittredge? Kittredge, He's... I found to be a bit cartoony. A little bit, but I like the the performance. I think it's a it's a it's a fun uh, kind of chewing the scenery performance. Uh... Like that whole bit where for some reason they're in like white lab coats and they're trying to find Max's yeah. place. <laughs> For some reason, they're in white lab coats. Why not? I don't know. And then he walks in, and he's dressed like a G-man from the 50s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, what, what What? do you think we should do? Maybe we should try and, and get people on, and we, could, you know, we got all these resources. And he's like, what do you want us to do? Put a guy at the airport? These guys are ghosts. We train them to be ghosts. And I'm like, "How? Wh- what is your thought process behind the enunciation of your words right now? <laughs> He's. I have a problem in that they build him so much to be the villain. Like his performance is leaning so hard into. Oh, he's. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna think he's the mole, especially when John Voight says he's gonna be the mole. Even though Ethan, on the other hand, is like, no, John Voight's the bad guy. Hey, audience, John Voight's the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been interesting if he saw it. If he's thinking about it and he genuinely does not know if it's Kittredge or Phelps that's the bad guy. And he's thinking about it both. Well, like he's he's using both scenarios. And that's an interesting thing too. Is that uh, immediately after the and it's something I wish they played into more. Immediately after uh, Kittredge, um, Kittredge, uh has the the conversation, and really even during the conversation he has with him, um, it 
it's not really 100% clear to the audience that Ethan is the good guy yet. Like we, we don't know for yeah. sure. Like we, we, I mean, I guess we, we saw him through the, the fight and so, or through the, the sequence. And so we're like, okay, so he's, he's seeing everyone die. He's freaking out about that. Um, and so I guess for the most part, we're, we're not supposed to really be against him, but there is a little while there yeah. where his performance is kind of like, Oh, Oh Lord, he's, he's off the rails. We don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, excellent little bit that I just want to mention. Cause I just love it where he, he grabs the light bulb from the uh from the hallway outside his apartment and crushes it in his oh, yeah. jacket and then sprinkles the glass to to make like a sound yeah uh, barrier like this. It's like actual spy work. Yeah, I was like, oh that's super cool. That's that's one thing I really appreciate about this movie and that's something that the this series quickly loses over the next couple mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of just spy work that's actually involved in this. Because mm-hmm. Bond movies, it's usually he sneaks around for a scene or two, gets caught, and then there's like a bombastic <laughs> shootout. How bombastic is, depends on the depends on the movie, but Ethan doesn't shoot anyone in this. Yep, it's all spy work. It's all sleight of hand. pretty cool i don't know yeah no i agree it's it's again it's grounded but then you get to the next one it's just like i'm gonna shoot everything (laughs) (laughs) motorcycles are cool i think i'm just gonna go ahead and give the next one an f minus i'm not even gonna like i don't feel like watching (laughs) i'm not giving it an f (laughs) minus i enjoy it too much for that i don't (laughs) no i just but i think i am just gonna be like "Ah, i don't feel like it no not not gonna actually grade it just uh We'll give it an F. We'll, we'll, we'll restrain ourselves. <laughs> we'll restrain ourselves. Um, but yeah, uh, and so can't get too greedy about these things, Tyler. <laughs> I I do wish we there was a little more ambiguity and a little more. Uh, it, it wasn't played quite as straight for the audience. Yeah. So that helicopter chasing. Yeah, we should probably talk about that and talk about Max and then maybe the score and then wrap it up. So, Jim Jim Phelps, and he, first he shoots Claire, which is kind of an odd... I, I guess it. He, he thinks she's fallen in love with him. And, yeah, I was a little confused And so, by that. I guess that's why. But he also doesn't seem to care about her at all. Well, then he doesn't shoot Ethan. He just hits him on, like, the yeah. back of the... On the on the back of the neck or whatever, and then he just leaves. <laughs> I'm like, Jim Phelps is too smart for this. If he's been planning all of these shenanigans 50 steps worry, ahead of everyone, he, he would have shot Ethan in the he's, face. He's just a rage. He would have shot him right between the eyes. Yes. He, don't see. I brought it back. I did a better setup and payoff than red light, <laughs> green light. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's okay. Jim Jim's just a raging misogynist, and so that's why that's why he killed her and not Ethan. He does seem to have a few, like, very sexist lines at the end yep. there, doesn't he? Yep. I'm like, where did this come <laughs> from? This is this is not something I... <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we need the... to talk about Ving Rhames, because Ving Rhames is awesome. Ving Rhames? Ving, 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 Ving Rhames. I feel like if this, this series has one overall sin, it's that it doesn't utilize him enough. Yep. At least until recently. I still don't think the new movies utilize so. him enough. Him and Simon Pegg both, I don't yeah. think they're utilized fair, enough. Fair. Um, but yeah, it's... Anyway, um, the, the chase scene, he... Jim, yeah, he knocks, he knocks Ethan upside the head and he leaves. And Ethan's like, okay, 
I guess I'm going to, I guess I, I, I love Claire now. And so I'm going to be sad about that for a second. And I'm going to go. And he goes, and they get on the train. And there's a neat little sequence on the train where they, they're like, uh, Ethan's like, like throwing off his, his jacket. Cause it's getting his face. And then like that, yeah. that tips Jim off that he's there. And so he's kind of like, John Voight does not look like a Jim. It's really weird to call him Jim. I got, that's, yeah. I just have to say it. Anyway. I might just refer to him well, as John Boyd the rest of the Well, it's just odd because a couple of weeks ago we had him in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, right. And he was so not... He should not have been in that movie. Whereas... And, and I called it out for being so distracting. Whereas in this one I'm like, he's yeah, he's fine. John Voight, he's good. Yeah. Just don't call him Jim. <laughs> am I, am I, is John Voight the dad from National Treasure? Yes. Okay. And he's the Secretary of Defense from the first Transformers. What? What is his career? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Tyler, you keep leaning off to the side, and I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Just don't worry about it. Audio quality, my friend. <laughs> um, but, so, my... Uh, the, what I was saying... <laughs> oh, he's leaning off to the side again. <laughs> the the train scene... Yeah, they're they're fighting on top of the roof, kind of, and they're they're... Ethan's trying to maneuver himself into position. And the opening they, bit of that scene feels very much like a modern day movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. Uh, I will say the green screen's a little rough in that. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not terrible, but it's, it's a little like, I mean, you can tell it's from the late nineties. Um, yeah. And so the helicopter's there and they, they attach, he tries to attach to John Voight. I don't really know what the plan is from there. I love the bit where he attaches the hook to the train and he just turns around, looks at Kriegers, and screams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um... Is it, though? <laughs> no, I think, because... And, and here's my thing, is that we get to that point, right? And it's like, ah, oh, he did it. He stopped him. He stopped his getaway. Yeah. And so it's he's the, the helicopter's attached to the train, and then... They, there's a tunnel up ahead and we we establish the tunnel as they're trying to like grapple on the train and so we're getting to the tunnel and then Ethan attaches the, the helicopter to the, the the thing and it's like oh man it's gonna blow up the helicopter it's gonna be awesome uh, and then we get to the tra the tunnel and I'm like here we go it's gonna be real cool it's gonna be explosions Ethan Hunt's gonna look away like a like a bat hero guy and just like <laughs> uh, and and uh, it's it's gonna be like oh this is super cool and then the helicopter Krieger is just like all right well I guess I'm just gonna fly in this tunnel because that's uh, aerodynamics works like that um, all right what's the script all right let me look at the production notes here all right guys looks like we've got ten million more dollars in this budget we can afford to go in the tunnel let's go <laughs> congratulations <laughs> big day big day uh, and and then they yeah he flies into the tunnel. And and here it looks pretty bad the entire way through, and some it doesn't the logistics just like don't make any sense. <laughs> at some point, well, it's just at weird because suddenly they turn into cartoon characters where, where Ethan just like I'm just gonna jump on it. It's fine. Well, there's so there's that, but there's also another train passes through and somehow the helicopter is fine. It just gets... Also, I feel like we just drop the fact that the helicopter's attached to the train. Like, it doesn't really do anything. It... Well, the weird thing is John Voight doesn't try to unhook it, yeah. right? It's just... Or does he? I can't I don't remember. I he does. There's something... 
Well, the thing is that when the t- helicopter goes into the tunnel, there's like some sparks, like something hits. Yeah. And I don't know what that's supposed to be. Because if it was a helicopter blade, the helicopter would be hurtling into the into the tunnel and exploding. And so it's like, what are we what are we going for here? And so then they yeah they they they're they're behind it and there's like a, a much too long sequence where Ethan's like dodging around the train and no no one's really accomplishing anything, and the other yeah. train shows up and that's like suspense for a second, but it doesn't do anything to the helicopter, so why does it matter? And then the Krieger tries to decapitate Tom Cruise with the helicopter blade in a tunnel. Yeah. Like, he looks he looks directly at him, and he's like, this is a good idea! We've established in this movie that Krieger is an idiot, okay? But it's like... We've established this. And the, and the noise that the helicopter blades are making is like a saw blade. It's, it's yeah. almost comical. Like, it's really bad. And then the helicopter bounces off the top of the thing, and instead of, again... At that point, the helicopter being like, oh, helicopter does not do well when you smash something into the rotor blades. Explosion. No, it's just fine. It's just going to bounce his back. And then Tom Cruise jumps on it and red light, green light, explosion. Roll on snare drum. Curtains. Curtains. (sighs) It's bad. It's not even like fun. Because they miss... I think it's kind of Okay, fun. the most fun part is the fact that the helicopter lands on John Voight. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. But I was going to say the most fun part is red light, green light. <laughs> sure. But it's just like... It's not even fun schlock because it's not... Like there, if it was fun schlock, there'd be three helicopters, right? And then like they'd all blow up And they'd all be ways. shooting machine yes. guns at Tom Cruise. Yes. And Tom Cruise would be blocking them all <laughs> like he's Neo. But they'd all explode in fun ways, and it'd be a good time. While well, this is just like... Could you imagine if Tom Cruise was Neo in the Matrix movies? Okay with that. Like, I love Keanu Reeves, but could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that he'd be better than Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I feel like he... That would be a lot funnier. Okay, you're fair. That's, that's okay. Just imagine that scene where it's Neo versus like 100,000 Smiths, but it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's Tom Cruise being a crazy man. But it's Tom Cruise being a crazy man. Sweating profusely and just sort of like... <gasps> and then he's just laughing maniacally because <laughs> Tom Cruise is a crazy man. And it's, he's just running through running through the horde of Neos. Or Neos. The horde of Agent Smiths. Just like... Oh. What, what about on top of their heads? Can he run on their heads across the crowd of Agent Smiths? Neo does that. We just that the end of that scene is Neo trying to jump just, on top of the We just need to get a better Matrix movie. There we go. I mean, I'm pretty sure we already did. If you go back and listen <laughs> to those episodes, I don't even remember what we said, You're not wrong. but we probably You're did. Um, the second and third movies, not the first one. Point that. Yes, I think the audience is. Aware. Um, what do you think of Max? He's fine. It's a little like erotic, <laughs> like the the performance and the, her chemistry with Tom Cruise is odd. Yeah, she's she's very clearly attracted to him, the, and that's the kind of vibe weird. I got was Barney and Ted's mom from How I Met Your Mother, and so that was weird. That was that was odd. You've alienated a good portion <laughs> of the audience. That's all I've got. That's 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 the end of my review of Mission Impossible. 
See, for Tyler, all of his references consist of Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul. Not 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 even Better Call Saul. You haven't even watched all nope. that. And uh, How I Met Your Mother. For me, it's Zack Snyder. We'll also accept Infinity War. We'll also accept just the MCU in general. Or Bane. I butchered it. I'm sorry. I butchered the whole big, the whole <laughs> gag. It's fine. We had fine. it scripted and everything, just like the rest of this podcast. Max was a better Blofeld than Blofeld ever was. <laughs> I'll put I'll put it to you that way. Wh- which Blofeld? Any of them? All of them. Okay. Except for maybe the one from Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and that's just that movie's not terrible like the other movies that feature Blofeld. It's amazing that Blofeld's kind of the end-all, be-all arch nemesis, yet what a- most of the movies that he's in are terrible. <clears throat> what about Jeff Goldblum? I know he doesn't play Blofeld, but isn't he isn't he in a Bond movie or something? Am I making that no. up? No. Who's the yeah. who am I thinking of? I don't know. Who are you thinking of? There's you crazy man. There's someone that that I you delighted me to know in when you revealed to me that they are in a Bond movie as a villain from like the nineties. I want to say. Oh, was it Jonathan Price? No. Alan Cumming? No, it's an it's a, it's like an actor, like a um, an actor that I. I mean, Sean Bean. No. What do you, what do you want from me? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Benicio del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Anyway, I don't know who you're talking continue, about. Like, continue what are, talking. What's We're, going I'll, on I'll here? It's fine. Continue. Okay. Um. I thought Max was really interesting, and I really wish she had been kept around for f- future movies. And that's yeah. one thing I really liked about Fallout. Once again, spoilers for for other movies that we're not talking about or we're not supposed to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very subtle thing of her daughter being there, and then she m- mentions Max once, and then that's kind of just left for the audience who has been around for all these movies. I really appreciated that, mm-hmm. and her mannerisms are very similar to that of her mother's, which I really appreciated um but i really wish the max had been kept around and maybe if they had moved forward from this one maybe somehow she gets broken out of prison and she starts the syndicate i don't know i feel like you could have done something there because she she has a very interesting screen presence too bad the next movie sucks at least on the villain front it sucks doug ray scott Ain't no Max, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. I don't think I do. <laughs> I have no idea who I'm talking about. I probably just, like, combined several different random bits and pieces of Bond trivia and decided that, I don't know. I don't know who you'd be thinking of, though. I'm actually predicting the future. Jeff Goldblum is going to be the villain in Bond 25. We're... Like, the, the only other thing I like is Christopher Lee. I feel like Christopher Lee was part of whatever I was thinking of. I think I was just thinking of multiple actors. I don't know. Okay. Fine. Everything's fine. Okay. What did you think of the score? It's odd. Like, obviously the theme Be- is good. Because it goes from Mission Impossible to, oh, it's just another Danny Elfman score. Yeah, and like, th- there's one bit in particular that I cannot remember now that I feel like just was completely out of place. I, I've realized I don't like just generic Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's... I, do, I don't care for his style well, at all. Well, because generic Danny Elfman is knockoff Alan Silvestri, so... Like, no. he just does over-the-top and bombastic, but it just all sounds the same. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, 
Oh, it's quirky. It's like it's 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 why he fits so well with Tim Burton because that's exactly Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. It's the same problem with Tim Burton. Yeah. I don't know. I I wasn't a huge fan of the score until it was like, oh, this is Mission Impossible, and that theme is amazing. Yep. That's about it. Seriously, the Mission Impossible theme. It's one of the best themes ever. Sure. Are you telling me it's not? Sure. Are you saying that right now on this podcast? In 2018... In 2018, the yeah. year of Mission Impossible Fallout. No, yeah, it's pretty good. It's better done. It's it's done better in Fallout. We'll have to. That'll be something interesting to keep track of is the, the different scores throughout these because ultimately it all it all comes back to how well do you use the Mission Impossible theme. Well, the weird thing is the next one's Zimmer. Yeah. Does he do three as well, or is that someone else? No. Okay. Three and four are Giacchino. Ah weird mm-hmm. well J.J. Abrams yeah but still do we have anything else to say about this movie um it's solid it's it's very weird because I feel like it just feels so separate from the other films like one and two just feel like completely well, different sports that's what like like all the other ones are like the same player. They're, they're like players on a football field. Mm-hmm. Then number one is like playing baseball. And then number two is playing like, I don't know, Chinese checkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I was trying to race you to come up with something that would, that would work for that. And you, you got it. All right. Um, yeah. I agree. It's it's odd, and I think two separate two being such a, an anomaly really separates one from the rest as well. Um, yeah, that's something we'll have to keep track of. But yeah, well, I think just in terms of a character, just trying to follow Ethan Hunt on some kind of character journey, I feel like you just have to cut out two completely because two's just such an anomaly. Well, Ethan Versus Hunt, like, he's just an adrenaline junkie. Here's here's the plot twist: Ethan Hunt is actually a code name. Ah. <laughs> Uh, multiple actors, all of whom are Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> They've got the masks. They've got the masks. It's perfect. They've got that as a backup plot device. Mm-hmm. I think the special effects, whenever use they, they use the masks, yes. are pretty effective. Yeah, they all they pretty much always nail it. It's odd. Um, <clears throat> that's one thing I will say. In terms of that that theory, where it's like, oh, the, whatever, James Bond is just a code name yeah. that people always use. The tagline for the Jeremy Renner Bourne movie was, there was never just one. And I thought that meant it was going to be Jeremy Renner playing an agent named Jason Bourne. I thought that's what they were going with. And I thought, at the time, I was like, that is the coolest thing. Yeah. Because I I, I wasn't really aware of that James Bond theory at the time, and I still don't like that as a James Bond theory. But for Jason Bourne, I feel like that actually worked very well. Especially when you realize... Jason Bourne's real name is not Jason Bourne. Yeah. It's David Webb. Yeah. So I'm like, that's actually really cool. Use that. And then it's like, oh, his name's not Jason Bourne. It's just he was another guy in, in a similar program. It's it's Correct. fine. I've not seen that movie. Everyone hates Bourne Legacy. I don't get it. I like it. I've also not seen Jason Bourne or whatever it's called. That movie sucks. The fifth one is terrible. 
We're never doing those, right? Oh, I want to do them. I, I will say right now, I think Born Ultimatum and Born Legacy are my favorites. Okay. So that would be three and four are my favorites. I have no strong opinions. I know you don't. I know a lot of people there's, like the first one. There's I'm, a part I'm in one of them. okay with the first one. I think it's Ultimatum where he, he drives off a parking deck and like smashes on like the hood of the car front first and then it like falls backwards and then he keeps driving it and it's incredible. And that's my review of the Jason Bourne franchise. Yep. Yeah, that move, those movies are supposed to be like super grounded and realistic spy thrillers, and then you get to the car chases, and then all of them can take all sorts of damage and be fine. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. So, Tyler, what's your what's your grade for for the seminal Mission Impossible? <laughs> B minus. <laughs> How are we able to get over an hour out of this when we had like nothing to literally say? Literally, no idea. No thoughts on my grade. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think because I think I'm going to go C plus. Oh wow, okay. I don't realize you were that low on it. This viewing had a bit of a drop from where I have been hmm. before with this movie, and I think that's just because I was noticing a lot more things like the Bible stuff didn't really make a whole lot of sense. It it seemed a little too convoluted for its own good. Yeah, that's fair. I'm like, I get it, it's a spy thriller, it has all sorts of twists and turns, whatever. I feel like in the future movies, you're able to track a lot of that stuff better, and it makes a lot more sense than it does here. I feel like this one, if you really started to break it down, it could really fall apart. Yeah. I gave it a B minus, because come for the Tom Cruise, stay for the Tom Cruise. They're dead! They're all dead! Mission Impossible. Um, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's the poster it's Tom Cruise running they're dead they're all <laughs> dead Tom Cruise Mission Impossible uh, I just realized I gave this the same grade as The Last Jedi so there's cinematic equivalence is what I'm trying to say <laughs> that's the least like strong opinion (laughs) just yeah the last Jedi you know I like it about as much as Mission Impossible what the the first one yeah okay (laughs) what does that even (laughs) mean that's not like a a cultural signpost for like a quality of a movie oh lord (laughs) didn't you also give the same grade to um one of the first two Harry Potter movies I know I gave Chamber Secrets yeah the first one there we go (laughs) Yeah, I think it's about it's about along the lines of Mission Impossible and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, it's about as good as uh, Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh God, okay. <laughs> and uh, the Hobbit, the Battle wait. of the Five Armies. <laughs> oh wait, that's the wrong one. Never mind. I'm looking at the grading sheet. <laughs> I was like, you did not give that movie a C plus. I would have. I was stopped like, you. did I give the extended cut a C plus and not remember? <laughs> So I remember we enjoyed that. I don't remember enjoying just, it that much. I just much. love that you could say, oh, well, yeah, I really, I like that movie just, not, I really, but you could say, oh, yeah, I thought The Last Jedi was about as good as Thor Ragnarok, and people would still have no idea what your opinion is. <laughs> yeah. Just just to make sure everybody's clear, we did the first Harry Potter movie immediately following the third Hobbit movie, so I was getting the score confused on the score sheet. 
That's what that was. Just in case any of you were concerned that he actually Just gave... in case any of you were concerned that I actually liked The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. We kind of did, though. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I'm trying to find other terrible comparisons I can make grade-wise. This is what we've become. I avoided C-pluses for the longest time, and then I gave everything like a C-plus. <laughs> Yeah, I like Mission Impossible about as much as Jurassic World. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, I just realized I gave Rogue One and The Last Jedi the same grade. There you go. Don't at me. <laughs> yeah, I think Mission Impossible is about as good as Rocky Three. <laughs> Alright, and on that no, note, no, we're the, done. Be- the better comparison there is, I think The Last Jedi is about as good as Rocky Three. Because it's just like, what are you even, what are you even trying to say here? <laughs> now I'm just imagining Last Jedi with a montage set to Eye of the Tiger, and it just makes me happy. Right, you're, you're not wrong. I'd be okay with that. We had some laughs. We got through Mission Impossible. I don't want to shed some tears. We'll shed more next week. You're gonna you're gonna show up for the next one, and I'm just not gonna be there. You're gonna you're gonna be like, hey, you ready to get on and uh, talk about Mission Impossible too? And I'm just never gonna respond to you again. <laughs> See, I've 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 said that multiple times before, but I've always shown up. Alright, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels You can find us on, I almost want to say Bandcamp <laughs> That's not it's not where we put anything um, You can find us on three- Yeah, I think Mission Impossible is about as good as Predators <laughs> Perfect <laughs> um, You can find us online at uh, through I keep email. The mic. Oh, God. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all falling apart. You can find us through email at here come the sequels at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube or iTunes just by searching here come the sequels. Yeah, Mission Impossible is about as good as uh, Iron Man 3. <laughs> you gave that movie a C. Plus. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. I'm glad we didn't watch The Predator, though. Oh, God. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. We can hold it off for as long as possible, but eventually we're going to get to it. Run from it. Dread it. The Predator. In the end. The Predator still <laughs> arrives. And he, he will pull your spine out of your body and force your skull to watch The Predator. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch that and be like, oh, that was fine. <laughs> I've heard things about it. I'm not... I, I don't want to watch it. We've got to... Like, I, I know... I know pretty much how the movie goes, and I don't want to watch it. The greatest mistake I've made on this podcast is letting you convince me to do the Alien Predator franchise. <laughs> it's brought me nothing but pain! <laughs> I like... Well, we got the... To be fair, we got those out of the way pretty early. I so like... We're fine. Two of them. 
and neither is a Predator movie. Oh. I rewatched Predator and Predators recently, and I, I liked them more than I did when we, we watched them for the podcast. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Alien is that after we got done with that, we then... Because did we finish with Prometheus at the original run? Is that what we had to do? I believe so. And then we had to go back and watch Alien Covenant. Now we're about to have to go back and watch Predator. And I don't Not want... The Predator. No. <laughs> no, we're just going to rewatch Predator. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I don't want to do that, that either. Let's watch Predator 2 again. We... We'll go watch old, good old Danny Boy. Can we watch Aliens? Can we watch Star Wars The Last Jedi? <laughs> watch whatever movies you like. Enjoy what you want to. It's all toil under the sun, really. I agree. I was going to wait and see who, who got uncomfortable <laughs> enough to talk first, so I win. That's fair. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. You probably didn't make it this far. People probably stopped listening half an hour ago. If you made it this far, more. congratulations. You have not won a million dollars. Instead, you've won the prize of watching Mission Impossible 2 for next week's episode. And then coming on to review it by yourself, because neither of us are going to do it. Just send us the audio. I'll, I'll get it uploaded. We'll be all good. <laughs> no, it's it's it's... Different people, each of them reviewing the movie by themselves for an hour, right. but then we have to splice them together <laughs> no, no, to no, no, be a cohesive conversation. We just put them all on the same time. <laughs> just straight through. But for that, we need one person who vehemently hates it and one person <laughs> who vehemently loves it. That way they're just shouting. Yes. We'll also... Here's the thing. Okay. At least next week, I feel like we'll have more to say. You're probably... Particularly you. Right. But somehow we've almost gotten an hour and a half out of this one, so what do I know? I think there's probably about 20 minutes of Mission Impossible content in this podcast. Tyler and I don't hang out enough. Sometimes <laughs> we just like to talk. You know? We just like to talk about things. It's fine. So Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. <laughs> it was pretty... <laughs> do the thing. Hey, ever... Hey everyone, did, did y'all hear that there's a new Kingsman coming out? I want to die! Wait, is there really? <laughs> yeah. Why? I, I want to die. I care! I mean, you haven't even seen the second one, so you can't judge. Care. <laughs> I have a, Do I the have the thing. right to judge, because I hated that second movie. It's trash, and you shouldn't Do watch it. Thing. Art is subjective. Nothing is real. Have a nice day. <laughs>